world is not choosing between the good and the bad. Anybody can do that. You can do that without God. But the high road is choosing between the good and the best, and always choosing the best. Welcome back to the Baptist Friends Podcast with Dr. Clarence Sexton, where we gather around truth, friendship, and world evangelism. Today, Pastor Sexton is speaking on the miracle of multiplication. And now, here is Pastor Sexton. Thank you for joining with us today. Uh, This is Pastor Clarence Sexton from the Temple Baptist Church and the Crown College. I'm going to share some things with you on the miracle of multiplication. All of us know that we need to see more produced, more transformed, more happen than what we can get done in our own effort. All of us have an agenda, and our agendas need to be given up and given over to the Lord. I'm going to do something else I I don't normally do. I'm going to recommend a book I have written on discipleship, The Miracle of Multiplication. You can order it from faithforthefamily.com, faithforthefamily.com, The Miracle of Multiplication. And we need to see this. God help us. We're in a desperate situation, and we want to move forward. I want to do everything I possibly can. I heard Dr. Curtis Hudson say one time, that no milkman was going to work harder than he worked in the ministry, and nobody at the bank was going to work harder than he worked in the ministry, and no one in any kind of business was going to work harder than he worked in the ministry. And so I believe in hard work. I really do. And God has given us the ability to do that, and that's what we want to do. But we must get more done than hard work can produce. The producing of things just from hard work, anybody can do. But we need a work that God brings forth, that the Holy Spirit moves mightily to do in our lives. This is what I'm praying for. Do you have the same yearning, desire, passion? In the Christian life, we come to the understanding that God is always previous. In His work, there's no magic formula or guaranteed equations. Unless He touches His work, there'll be no life, no reproduction, no multiplication. In John chapter 12, the gospel according to John chapter 12, the Lord Jesus is on his way to the cross to bleed and die for our sins. A mighty miracle had been performed in Bethany only a short distance from Jerusalem. In that mighty miracle, Lazarus, who had been dead for four days, was raised from the dead and restored back to life. The word of God tells us that story in John chapter 11. And then the Word of God tells us in John chapter 12, And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. And Philip and telleth, cometh and telleth Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall on the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hateth his life in this world shall keep him to life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. 
and where I am there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. For this cause came I in unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven, saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said, An angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This, he said, signifying the death he should die. This is a marvelous passage of Scripture. And uh, notice he says, If any man will serve me. If any man will serve me. In the midst of so much talk about serving Christ, it seems that so few people are really truly serving the Lord. Some have created these imaginary agendas for God's work. They got a good idea. They propagate it this certain way. These are the things that are spelled out to do. But it doesn't come from the Bible. The responsibility of the servant is to obey his master. Think about that. Our one aim is obedience. Consider what God says concerning the Lord Jesus Christ in his obedience. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5-8, through 8, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Look at the word servant in verse 7 of this passage, and the word obedient in verse 8. You may want to circle these two words in your Bible and connect the two. What is the responsibility of the servant? Are you a servant of God? What's your responsibility? The answer is very simple. The servant has one responsibility, and that's to obey his master. The Lord Jesus became a servant and obeyed. He went to the cross. The servant's responsibility is not to serve, but to obey the master. If the master says, sit still and do nothing, just wait, That's a part of his service. If the servant works long hours and has demanding schedule and at the bidding of his master, that's what he's to do. But our work is not to find something to do. It's to learn to listen to God and to be obedient to him. How many of us are spending our lives finding good things to do when God has instructed us in a better way? A better way. Not one of us wants to serve anyone on earth except ourself in our natural state. Don't you know that serving self is serving a tyrant? We must be rescued from self-serving. Only God can break the bondage of serving self. As we consider the story in John chapter 12, we see that the Jews have gathered at Jerusalem for the Passover feast. Two Greeks came to one of our Lord's disciples and said, Sir, we would see Jesus. And Philip found Andrew, and Andrew and Philip came to Jesus Christ. And the Lord answered 
and said to them, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Then he declared, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall on the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Here we learn what it means to serve the Savior. Do you want to serve him? There's only one requirement, the requirement that God makes for all of our service to him. And it is this requirement of death to self. Our Lord takes something from nature, a seed, and says, but if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. We know that there's a great harvest from one seed when that seed is planted and the germination process takes place and the fruit begins to bear. But we know it all came from one seed, but the seed had to die. That's our problem. We fight death, death to self. It's the last thing our natural man wants. From one seed comes a plant with many seeds, and from those many seeds come many other plants with many more seeds. It's a work of multiplication. It cannot take place until first there is death. There's no telling what God could do with your life or my life if we met his one requirement. We must die to self. Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When Jesus Christ went to Calvary, he bled and died for our sins. He bore our sin debt on the cross. He tasted death for every man. A holy God said them that we're all sinners and the sin payment must be made. We're all guilty. We all owe the debt. And the debt is death and hell. The good news is that Jesus Christ paid the debt for us with his own precious blood. And because the debt's been paid in full, the blood of Christ shed for us, we have trusted Christ as our Savior. Our record of sinfulness was born in his body on the cross. His record of righteousness has been imputed to our account. And we're going to get into heaven, beloved on the record of Jesus Christ imputed to our account. Yet on a daily basis, we must reckon self to be dead. Dying daily and being delivered from the tyranny of the self-life. At every turn in life, this conflict takes place. Will it be my way or God's way? Will it be God's will or my will? Shall I serve myself or serve God? We do not die easily. Every fabric of our self-life resists this death. One well, of the first texts I ever preached from was in Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 24. And he said unto them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. Christ's one requirement for serving him is death, death to self. And if we do not die to self, we're going to serve ourselves and continue to serve ourselves and not serve the Lord. So God makes a requirement for you and he makes a requirement for me. We'll continue with this. I want this to take hold of your life. Meet the requirement. 
Pray that I'll meet the requirement of death to self to be able to serve the Lord and honor Him as I ought to. God bless you. Have a great day. For listening to this episode of the Baptist Friends Podcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing today. And make sure to join us next time as we continue to gather around truth, friendship, and world evangelism.